getting situated, let's turn uh, to the book of Proverbs. And this morning, um, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to minister uh, on, on this theme, as it were, that it's time for us to pay attention. Everybody say, pay attention. Look at your neighbor and say, pay attention. We need to, we need to begin to pay attention to the things that the Lord has spoken to us. Amen. In uh, Proverbs chapter 3, we're going to do a little bit of reading here in Proverbs, but I promise it won't be too much for you. Proverbs chapter 3, and uh, we're going to begin in the fifth verse. He says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Now, I believe it's so important that we do these in order, <laughs> that we first trust in the Lord with all of our heart. And then... And then we begin to lean not on our own understanding. So that way we can, in all of our ways, verse 6, acknowledge him, trusting that he will direct our paths. Amen? Now again, he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not under your own understanding. Here's the key. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. I remember speaking this to, uh, to uh, some young adults a long, long time ago and saying, if we really believed this verse, if we really believed the Word of God that says that we should acknowledge Him in all of our ways, and if we would take it a step further and act upon it, I wonder what would happen in our life. I wonder what could be possible for us. Rather, I wonder what would be impossible, and I believe nothing would be impossible if we would just honor God's word and truly begin to acknowledge him in every single way of our life. Amen? The Amplified Version says, lean, not, lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. You know, if we're not careful, we can get so learned in an area so educated and so familiarized with a certain thing that we stop addressing the Lord. When we say, you know, this is my job. I know how to do this job. I've done this before. This is my first time. And then we begin to do things where we haven't acknowledged the Lord. We've just begun to rely on our own ability and on our own strength. And I can test to this, and so can the gentlemen who work in the facility uh, throughout the week, that there are times where we may tackle a project, and we start, and it's like we're nailing screws and screwing and, and hammering screws. We're not, it isn't working. And I've watched this happen, and Jim and Dale and Kent can attest to this. I've watched them just stop and pray and ask God for wisdom. Is this, am I telling a story or is this true? Over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden, the answer comes. And it's like, oh, we were going left and we should have been going right. You get so familiar. If I, just, I know how to do this. I don't need to acknowledge God to do this. And, and if we're not careful, that can cross over even into our spiritual walk. We say, well, I already know that. Uh oh uh oh Verse 7 is for you if you've been there before, and I know that we all have. Verse 7 is you don't be wise in your own eyes. 
Don't think that you know everything. Be teachable. Be humble. Be willing to see something that you haven't seen before. Or be willing to allow the Lord to unpack more of a truth for you. Don't just rest where you are and say, I've got this whole thing figured out. I don't know about you, but I'm just being honest. If I ever got to that place in my life and stayed there, I would not want to get up every morning. That would be lame. I'm never going to learn more. The Apostle Paul, who, by the way, according to Scripture, was caught up into the third heaven, we don't even know what that means. And according to the Word of God, received revelation from Jesus himself. Hello. And he said, these are things that God was showing to me that can't even be uttered. Now, I know that we've got some folks in here that are spiritual giants, and I would never say that you're not. But I don't know any person in the flesh or in the spirit who's ever been caught up into the third heaven and spoke with Jesus personally for an unknown span of time. And those things were so holy and so supernatural that Paul the Apostle, who, by the way, was one of the most educated men of his day, simply could not articulate the revelation that he had received. And yet Paul said, Paul said, in his address to the church that gathered in the area and region of Philippi, I, I, don't, I don't pretend that I have attained, but what do I do? I continue to press in. Every day I wake up and say, Jesus, show me again. Teach me again. Reveal to me again. Amen? So it's so important that we pay attention, and it's so important that we do what the Word of God tells us to do. Listen, you walk with the Lord for a certain amount of time, and you're going to begin to hear things that you've already heard before. You're going to begin to see things that you've already seen before, but it's still supposed to be new to us with revelation and insight and understanding being unpacked to us. And I'll just say this because I have the microphone. Many, many times people say, well, you know, my pastor just isn't feeding me, so I need to go here, go here, go here, or go here. And I wonder the condition of your heart. You say your pastor isn't feeding you. Now, there are pastors that don't feed the flock. You are not looking at one, by the way, just, just for the record. But there are pastors who don't. And to that, I still say, what's, your, what's the condition of your heart? How have you approached the, the table of the Lord in the feeding of the Word of God. It's not about I've already heard this. It's not about me being able to pull up some, some scripture that you've never seen or never heard because someone somewhere has already seen it. Amen. And somebody somewhere has already heard it. I, I don't even like following people that, that are constantly trying to undig something that's never been seen before. I question the motive. And here's the biggest thing. And I love you, and I'm just telling you the truth this morning. You can find just random, hidden, as it were, scriptures. But if you can't do it, don't you dare tell somebody else that they should. We're looking for obscurity, and somehow obscurity is spiritual. 
What? Says who? I said, says who? Just because I can find some obscure scripture doesn't mean that I'm a spiritual person. I might go through and find out just crazy scriptures and you're like, whoa, that was in there. Wow. But it doesn't have anything to do with anything at all. Just to have everybody look at me and say, hey, check him out. Well, I don't want you to do that. Amen? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Again, lean on and trust in and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind. Do not rely on your own insight and do not rely on your own understanding. Again, Paul said, man, I'm not pretending. I don't even pretend that I've arrived. What do I do? I let go of the things in my past, and I press on to the things that God has for me. And I don't know about you, but if I can't come to John 3.16 and feel like I walked away eating a spiritual steak, there's something wrong with my heart. There's something wrong with my heart. Yes, this, this isn't new. It's been here forever. It's how we approach the Word of God and how we approach the table of the Lord. It has so much to do with our attitude. Everybody say attitude. Has so much to do with our heart. Amen. If we can't read John 3.16 and have a greater understanding of the father-like heart of God toward a lost and dying sin-sick humanity who some in the church of Jesus have tried to push away and say God is just waiting to judge, but yet the scriptures say over and over and over he's welcoming them in and saying come from every corner of the earth, come. If I can't get more of an understanding and more of a revelation of that father-like heart of God, then I've got to change me because I'm certain that he's not going to change. He's not going to just stop and say, well, I didn't realize that you were here, so I guess I'll just shift and come to where you are. No, no, no. No, what are we talking about? We're talking about paying attention, paying attention to God and paying attention to his word and paying attention to his voice. Amen? Not relying on our own insight. And in all of our ways, listen, in all your ways, the Amplified says in 6, know, recognize, and acknowledge. Say that with me. Know, recognize, and acknowledge. In all of your ways. Now you could get to where this would be legalistic and say, bless God, I will not brush my teeth until I know, recognize, and acknowledge God. And if, if you're that spiritual, you've got too much time on your hands and you need to help someone out in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Amen? However, there are some things that we do every day. There are some things that we do every day that I honest to God, believe that we should, because it does say in all of our ways. I'm not talking about what shirt to wear, because if I would have asked God, he might not have said this one. But I'm not talking about things like that. I'm simply talking about which direction should I go to work today? See, this, this relationship that we have with God, this relationship that we have with him, is not there for us to just be corrected for us to be judged. He's not pushing buttons and pulling strings and making us jump and dance. He wants us to live our life in Him and through Him and allow His life to be lived in 
us and through us. I'm telling you that this relationship with Jesus Christ is an experience. People say, well, we can't go based on our experiences. Then what in the world will we go on? My life is an experience in God. My life has been hidden in God and Christ. And everything that I do, whether it's going to work or whether it's going to a certain place, just a simple, Lord, I know it makes sense for me to get on the highway and to get off at this exit and to turn left at this street, but just wanted to check in real quick. You think that's a good plan? What would be wrong with that? Well, I just, I just know how to get to work. Are you kidding me? The preacher, I was at this church and the preacher was telling me I should ask God how to get to work. No, I didn't. No, what I said is, hey God, I know it would make sense for me to do this. Would that be all right if I continue to go that way? Maybe the Lord has seen something that he's trying to keep you from. I wonder, mm, that it might be too early for that question. I wonder how many things we could have dodged if we would have in all of our ways acknowledged him. Oh, oh here gets, this is where it gets real. I know some folks will go with me on this and some will be like, Pfft. I wonder how many people might have been stranded on the side of the road saying, God, would you please send someone to help me? And God said, hey, I want you to go down Jim Street. And we didn't want to go down Jim Street. And so we didn't. And people say, well, that just messes with my theology because God is in control, says who? You certainly didn't find that in the book. What if my not paying attention hinders someone from getting their prayer answered. Let's, put it, let's make it personal. What if Justin's not paying attention hinders Brian from getting his prayer answered? See, when we put it out there in the world, it's, well, I don't really know the person on Jim Street. What about you? What if your prayer isn't getting answered because one of our folks isn't paying attention? I don't know that I want to hear this. Well, you have the right to leave, but this is how we live as Christians, or supposed to. In all of our ways, we should just throw it up quick. Is this still all right? Will this still work? And then listen. Pay attention. Don't just get stuck in a rut. Well, I know how to do this. I can, I can handle this. I know how to do this. It's not how we're... We're supposed to be. In fact, I, I, just, I just threw that statement out there as a thesis statement, and I will prove it in Scripture. But that's not how we're supposed to live. We're not in control of our own life. We are owned by Jesus Christ. He owns us. We are his prized possession, but we are his purchased possession. He bought us. I don't control myself. I don't own myself. Amen. Y'all doing okay? Look at your neighbor and say, pay attention. Pay attention. You got to pay attention. You got to pay attention. How many things have we missed because we haven't been paying attention? In all your ways, acknowledge me. Now listen, I love this. The Amplified says, and he will direct and make straight and plain paths. Wow, what a promise. If I'll acknowledge him 
in all of my ways, in all of my ways, he will direct and make straight, plain paths. Pastor Bram, I just can't get any direction on this matter. What should I do to get direction? Ding! Light bulb. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. He'll make it plain. He'll make it straight. Some may even believe, and I kind of, uh, uh, I'm of that school. He'll even make it easy. Because in obedience to the Lord, it's in his strength, in his wisdom, his knowledge, in his ability, not in my own. I just chose to follow him. Well, he said that if I follow God, I'll never have any. No, I didn't say that. No, I said that I'm of the school of thought that believes that if I'm really doing this in his strength, then it's not my own. And even if I go through a hurdle, I'll go through it. Even if there's a bump in the road, it's not going to take me out and shipwreck me or my life. Why? Because his grace is sufficient for me. Even in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. You get anything out of this this morning? He'll make, if, I, if I'll recognize and acknowledge him, he'll direct and make straight paths for me. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 4, and uh, let's see what the Word of God says in Proverbs chapter 4. Now, it's important for us to understand that in, in these verses that we're reading, yes, this is a, a human who's writing to a son trying to impart wisdom, but the spiritual ramification is that it's absolutely within interpretation of the Scriptures for us to view that this is God our Father speaking to us as His children. Yes? And so God is speaking to us as a father would his children, and he's trying to impart into us the importance of us not just getting stuck in a rut and doing it the same old way. Sometimes we get stubborn, and I know that when we look around real quick, we'll all recognize that this is the folks that aren't here today, but sometimes we get stubborn, we're just like, I'm just going to do it this way. And then, bam, it's like hitting our head against a wall, and we're like, I don't understand how this always happens this way. Well, maybe because you were being led to do it a different way and that the Holy Spirit is trying to help you, helper. I will give you a helper. He's trying to help you so you don't get the headache of bashing your head against the wall. Everybody say, pay attention. We can't be stubborn, Amen. He's telling us how important it is for us to pay attention to his voice. Amen. Pay attention to his word. Pay attention to his spirit. Amen. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1. And again, we're going to read a few verses here. But the, the New King James Version says, Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding. Give attention so that you can know, understand. Now, if you and I, if, if I'm just sitting here talking to Jim, and I say, hey, Jim, I wanted to have you talk to me as a father, then Jim would say, all right, now listen, listen. And then he'd say, pay attention. 
especially for me because I like squirrel. And he'd be like, hey, pay attention, right? So the vernacular today would very easily cross over to not give attention, but pay attention. Hear the instructions of a father and pay attention so that what you can know understanding, know knowledge. See, again, this, this A.W. <laughs> Tozer said, paraphrasing this quote, the most important thing about a person is how he or she thinks about God. The most important thing about a person is how that person views God, thinks about God. And then to expound on that statement is to say, how does that person view God and how does that person think that God views them? See, if you're coming from this as a religious butt-kicking from a father who's displeased and unhappy, then it's a control thing. You better pay attention, boy. Right? But if we view this as a relational father, which, by the way, Jesus came to reveal God as father. That was what his work was in the earth. He came to reveal God as a father. Not an angry, judgmental God, not a terrorist or a dictator, but a loving, gentle, caring, kind father. And so if we view God, A.W. Tozer's quote intact here, if we view God from the approach of he's a loving father and I'm his son or daughter, I know that one administration couldn't figure that out, so we put question mark over bathrooms, but you ought to know which you are, amen. amen. It's, it's just plumbing. <laughs> it's just how that works. Moving right along. So, so. I'm a son or daughter, you're a God, and you're not trying to club me over the head and force me to listen to you, but you're saying, I'm going to make this easy. If you'll just listen, I'll open up some things to you and make your journey easier. I'll make your path, what does it say over in the Amplified in chapter 3? I'll make your path plain and straight. So it's all about how we view God. It's all about how we think God views us. Amen. So again, he says, give attention that you would know and understand knowledge. Amen. Amplified says, hear my sons the instruction of a father and pay attention in order to gain and know intelligent discernment, comprehension, and interpretation of spiritual matters. Verse 10, chapter 4, verse 10. Hear my son and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. Again, we can view this as God is speaking to us from the Father heart of God to you and I. And he's saying, if you just listen to what I'm trying to tell you, if you just pay attention, the years of your life would be many. And they wouldn't be, again, how I view God, they wouldn't be life and years lived as a slave under oppression of a ruler or a dictator that's not just and not kind and not loving. I'm preaching better than you're amening. But they'd be years of joy and peace and life and light, and you wouldn't feel this, this anger and wrath of a dictator God, but you'd feel love. And listen to this. It's so important that we understand this. It's so important that we understand this. 
we'd feel acceptance, not always approval, but always acceptance, always. Not always approval, but always acceptance. I'll in no wise cast out anyone who comes to me. Not the drug addict, not the alcoholic, not the porn addict, not the homosexual, not the murderer, the rapist, or the adulterer, or the fornicator, not the liar, or the cheater, or the stealer. And no wise, I'll cast no one out who will just come to me. It doesn't mean he says, hey, don't change a thing. You're doing great, aces. Right? I said right. <laughs> but we'll always find acceptance, love, and mercy, and grace. Amen? He says, the years of your life will be many. In 11, he says, I have taught you in the way of skillful and godly wisdom, which is comprehensive insight into the ways and the purposes of God. I have led you in paths of righteousness. Now getting over to kind of the meat of what it is that we're trying to say in these verses here. Proverbs 4, verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. My son, give attention to my words. It's interesting if we go through the scripture and find out how many times God is speaking through someone to tell us to pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. He's a good father, amen? He's loving and perfect in all of his ways. And he wants to help us. Honest to God, he wants us to enjoy the life that he's given us to live. Honest to God, he doesn't want us to say, man, I hate living, it sucks. No, he wants us to enjoy life. Why? That's why the Bible says he's given us all things freely to enjoy. He wants us to enjoy the earth that he made by his spoken word. He wants us to enjoy the tapestry of creation that he forged out and cut out and created through his spoken word. He wants us to go to the places and see the sights and smell the smells and enjoy life. Living it abundantly because we're living it in right context of why and how we were created. I'm preaching all right today. Amen. 20, my son, give attention to my words and incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of their heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Now listen, God did not change what he was saying. He didn't shift topics. He's trying to get us to stay connected with him and realizing that he's going to be leading us through his spirit, by our spirit, our heart. The Bible refers to our spirit oftentimes. Unless it's talking about the blood pumping muscle, it's referring to our spirit. Guard your spirit with all diligence. Why? Because out of it are the issues of life. He's wanting us to walk in understanding. Amen. I'm going to read the New Living Translation. It says, My child, pay attention to what I say and listen carefully to my words. Do not lose sight of them. Let them penetrate. Listen, let the words penetrate deep into your heart. 
for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. New Living Translation. Let it penetrate deep into our heart. David said, God, I've hidden your word in my heart so that I wouldn't be displeasing to you. I've hidden your word in my heart. Dude, he only had the law. <laughs> Think about that. All he had was the law. I don't see how David could just have the law and yet say, I reverence it and I love it and I've hidden it inside of my heart so that I wouldn't sin against you, that I would not be displeasing to you. Thank God for Jesus. Amen? Thank God for Jesus. Uh, Pastor John Osteen, he's in heaven now, uh, he used to say, I don't know about you, but thank God that Jesus came to show us who God really was, to reveal him as Father, <laughs> not as judge, not as dictator, not as a taskmaster that's hard and unforgiving and Amen. Pay attention and let the words of God penetrate deep into your heart. Now listen to this. If we want to be spirit-led, if we want to be spirit-led, which by the way is the right of every single born-again believer, if we want to be spirit-led, then we're going to have to become heart-aware. I'm not talking about red heart like February, wear red, eat heart healthy. You should do that too listen to me. <laughs> anyway, but you should. I'm talking about my spirit. I need to be God. Listen, I need to be God inside minded. I need to understand who it is that's living in me and for what purpose is he living in me and is he just along for the ride? And here's the deal. Many, many, many Christians, in fact, far too many Christians, just have God as an accessory to their life. You know that I'm telling you the truth. You know I am. I'm going to just bring God along with me. He's an accessory. No, he's the main event. And our Christianity, our relationship with Jesus is not part of the pie that makes me who I am. It's the main event. And, it's, and, I, and, and you can say, boy, you're just judging people, and that's fine, I'll take it. If you knew my heart, you'd know that I wouldn't judge anyone, that I walk in love. But whatever, I'll take it. But it's those folks that have God as an accessory in Christianity or my salvation is just a part of the pie. It's those people who are the ones who are saying, where were you when this happened? And why is it that you let me go through this? And how come this didn't work? And how come you didn't intervene in this situation? And yet the Bible says, pay attention to the words that I'm saying to you. And I say this in love. If you're going to have God as an accessory to your life, don't you dare point a finger at him. When your life doesn't work out the way that it's supposed to, and all you've done was cause him to be, like it's a fad, this is a hip thing, I'll be a Christian. That's not what this is about. He's the main event. 
Amen? He's the whole of our life. He's the center, the core of our being. Amen? Amen. If we want to be spirit-led, which we have the right to be, then we need to be heart-aware. Little less spirit-aware. We know that the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of our spirit, right? We know that the Bible says that it's our spirit and the Spirit of God living on the inside of us, the indwelling presence of the Lord, that have this communion and this relationship. Amen? Amen? And we know that one of the most primary ways that God is going to speak to us as his children, one of, not the, one of the most primary ways, is by our spirit. He'll speak to us by our spirit. Many, many times, many, many times we hear that as it were still small voice. We say, oh, the spirit of God was talking to me, and in reality it wasn't the spirit of God. It was your spirit talking to you. And you say, well, how do I know the difference? Well, authority. (laughs) The authoritative voice. You know there are times when your spirit's saying, hey, bro, don't do that. And then you know where God's saying, don't do that. It's going to hurt you. There's a difference, right? I mean, (laughs) I think about Noah, my son, who is, pray for him. He needs prayer. He needs needs prayer. I'm seeing patterns. But he knows when I'm just talking to him as, you know, his bud. And then he knows when it's getting serious. And when it's getting serious, he always, without fail, is like, all right, I'll do that. The primary, one of the primary ways that the Lord's going to speak to us is through our spirit, his spirit speaking to our spirit, our spirit speaking to our mind and saying, hey, pay attention. Pay attention. We're about to zig here. Pay attention. Don't look like an idiot and zag. It's time to zig. You ready? Here we go, body. Here we go, flesh. Here we go, mind. So I have a question for you, and man, I thought I would get further than this, but I've already preached 37 minutes. You glad you came to church? You should come back on Wednesday, and then I'm going to I'm going to take five minutes. Is that all right? I I was going to anyway, but um, imagine that someone says to you, John, I'm going to call you. I want to talk to you. I'm going to get a hold of you today. I want to talk to you. I'm going to call you. And I want to talk to you. John says, all right. So then John goes to the kitchen and stands next to the refrigerator. And he's as close to the refrigerator as he can possibly be without touching it. Just creepy close. You want to feel that creepy close? Knock it off, Jim. (laughs) And Tanya comes in the kitchen and says, "Uh, that's kind of weird. What are you doing? And he says, I'm expecting a call. You're expecting a, you're expecting a call. Yeah, uh, Pastor Brian said he's going to get a hold of me later on. He's going to give me some instructions. Okay, that sounds cool. So why is it again that you're so close to the refrigerator that I feel awkward about it? I'm just waiting on a call. Everybody knows that that's a really goofy scenario, right? And everybody knows that I probably am not going to give him instructions, listen to me, through the medium of the refrigerator. 
I'm probably going to call him on a cellular telecommunication device and then use that medium with which to instruct John with whatever it was that we wanted to talk about. Is that a fair assessment? So it's important for us to understand the mediums with which God uses to speak to us. And then not only be aware of it, but begin to be paying attention even more with a kind of ear down and saying, I know you want to speak to me through the Holy Spirit, communicating to my spirit. This is a medium that you've chosen to use. You told me that you would. You've proven that you will. And so now I'm going to be aware of God living on the inside of me and choosing to speak to me through His Spirit to my spirit. Amen? And another thing is, same, same thing. If I were... <laughs> that's a bad analogy. Everybody just say, thank you, Holy Spirit. Just do it quick. I'll leave, I'll leave it at that. And that's difficult for me to do. I was going to say something about... <laughs> so if I say, John, I want to get a hold of you later, and I'm fixing on giving you some instructions on how to do something, John, John isn't going to go and hang out in the garage. I was going to say toilet, and then I was going to lead that to maybe whatever I was going to say was going to be full. But anyway, he wouldn't go hang out in the garage. Why? Because that wouldn't be the medium that I would use to communicate to John. It's no different than this. We want to turn the television on and watch Fox News and expect God to speak to us. This is the medium He's chosen to use to speak to us. And if we want to have instruction, we must pay attention to His Word. Pay attention to His Spirit speaking to us. Can someone say, Amen? It would be silly for us. Silly. I remember this places me and dates me a little bit, but <laughs> on the days that I decided to go to school, uh, I'd say, hey, let's get together and play football. Let's go get together and play basketball in the park. All right, cool, I'll get a hold of you after, after school, I'll get home, make sure that mom and dad don't want me to do anything, and then I'll get a hold of you. And so inevitably, uh, one of my brothers would be there, and they'd be on the phone, they'd be talking to their girlfriend, or to one of their guys that I always said was their girlfriends anyway, so I guess it applies. And so we had call waiting, and I would be standing there doing this, and hey, did you get a beep? Hey, did you get a beep? Anybody remember those days? Someone's like a landline. What, is, what are you even talking about? Be like, did you get a beep? Hey, make sure you answer the beep. If you get a beep, make sure you answer it. Get a beep, make sure you answer it. Did you get a beep? <laughs> My buddy Corey is going to be calling me, and we're supposed to go play football, and if he calls me and you don't get the beep, I'm going to be ticked off. Yeah, everybody been there before? <laughs> Why? Because we know that people back in the day it was either sending a pigeon or using a landline. So <laughs> for those that couldn't afford the, the, the homing pigeon, we used a landline. And we expected that that person was going to get a hold of us using the medium of the telephone. And with anticipation... I didn't want my brothers. Oh, man, my mom would get on the phone with Aunt Annie, and it's over. <laughs> over. You know, in the late 80s and 90s, they made this god-awful horn thing that went on the back of your crappy telephone so that way your neck wouldn't get a kink. Listen, that's your body saying, it's, it's over now. That's enough. You've done this 
long enough. Hang the phone up. Give me a break. No, we just bypass that. These warnings, we're not paying attention. We get this ridiculous horn thing. And so after three hours of talking to my Aunt Annie, and I'm sitting here going, well, it's dark now, so I suppose we're not going to go play football. Hey, Mom, did you get a beep? A beep? What's a beep? Thanks, Mom. You nailed it. You hit it, hit it right out of the park. But what, what am I talking about? I'm talking about there was an anticipation. There was an anticipation that someone might call, and I don't want to miss it. We have to be that way. Lord, you might be speaking to me. I don't want to miss your call. I don't want to miss the meeting time. I don't want to miss the instruction. I don't want to be square and show up at the wrong park when we're supposed to be playing football at this park. I want to make sure that I get the direction. I want to make sure that I'm following that straight, direct path. I don't want to miss the call. I don't want to miss the beep. Now, I'm old, so this, if you're going to steal this sermon, it won't work if you're going to preach it to younger people. Because they're like, what's a... <laughs> I had somebody ask me, you actually had a telephone that you had to spin? I said, yeah, it's called the rotary phone. They said, well, that really sucked. And I said, right, but you just turn it back faster so you could get the numbers. And, and then turn it, and turn it, and why? That was speed dialing, man. That's how we did it. <laughs> the gears... The gears in the rotary phone are just whining out because you're turning that thing back. You ever been, who's been there before? That's speed dialing. That's speed dialing. It wasn't one touch, but it was speed dialing. Zoom, zoom. Right on. Don't want to miss the call. Don't want to miss the beat. Don't want to miss the instructions, the directions. If we just treat God that way, <laughs> if we just treat the voice of his spirit speaking to our spirit, if we would just treat the voice of his word that way. Yeah. I don't want to miss the instructions. I don't, I don't want to miss the directions. I don't want to miss out on what it is that you have to say to me. It could be important. <laughs> I could show up at the wrong place at the right time. What if it's important? You know, those, those analogies... We all laugh because it's life and we've experienced. Some of us have experienced the rotary phone and the beep. And what if... Now, not everybody went with me on the old-fashioned rotary phone speed dialing. But some of you were there. And what if we approached going to God with that same expectation, with that same enthusiasm... I can't wait to get on the line and find out what he wants to tell me today. See, sometimes it's not important, but those times when it is. We can't say, where were you? He said, I was trying to get your attention. I was beeping on the other end of the line and nobody answered the phone. I was there trying to talk to you trying to lead you, trying to guide you. I even promised you that I would do it. We got to pay attention. We have to wake up. We have to be more aware. Amen? I'm going to quit, I promise. But, you know, thinking about that, I remember times where I was supposed to be at a certain place and, you know, the guys all agreed that we would do this, that, or the other. And Keesler, where were you? And I'd be like, well, my mom was on the phone and she was probably talking to my Aunt Annie and she didn't take the beep. 
But you know what's interesting? Follow me with this if you can, and then we'll be done. What's interesting is this. Just because Carolyn didn't answer the phone didn't mean it didn't ring. Just because she wasn't paying attention to the beep, 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 doesn't mean someone wasn't calling. And I think a lot of times we get to that place where we think, well, you know, I didn't hear you while I was talking. You know what I mean? Just because you didn't hear me doesn't mean that there wasn't information being given to you. You all right? You know, and today especially, we live in a world that is absolutely filled with distraction. It's a wonder sometimes how we can even focus on anything. It is. It's crazy. And, and all the older people said, right on, man. You know, you think about the beeps and the buzzes and the vibrates and the notifications and all the stuff that we get every day. I was curious a while ago. This is an old statistic. I was curious a while ago. I wanted to find out how many times, you know, the average American gets some kind of a notification, vibrate, buzz, phone call, instant message, whatever. The average American. And there was some pretty <laughs> remarkable findings, but uh, it can't be proven, but they did, they did a, a test. They took 15 phones from people who, who themselves said that they were pretty active users of technology. And so they, they took their phones and just kept them with them in this room, and they just began to show the interaction. And, and I think this is low then, and I know it's low now. They said 75 to 135 interruptions a day. And everything, listen, everything in our life is vying for our attention, including God. If God, listen now, if God is just an accessory like our technology is, is it fair for us to assume, is it fair for us to say that we might miss him? If he's just an accessory to our life, if, if our relationship with God is just one bit of the pie instead of the whole in the main event, then no wonder there are times, and no one is beating anyone up. We, I believe, are all guilty of this, except for the Amish. They are not guilty of this. But... It's happening for all of us. It doesn't mean you're bad if you have missed the call. But what it does say to you and to me is that we need to pay closer attention. Amen? That he has to be the main event. He, he can't just be a part or a portion. This, this is what I do on Sunday mornings. And then the rest is, that don't work. That isn't going to work. And he can't be an accessory, amen? amen? Amongst all the interruption, amongst all the distraction, I think that it would be very safe for us to say that there have probably been times when we've missed a nudge. Anybody willing to admit it? Me, me too. Me too. Probably been times that we, we missed 
the beep. And that's okay. That's all right. What do we do? We listen to these scriptures and say, all right, I'm going to pay attention to your voice. I'm going to pay attention to the mediums that you speak to me. In fact, I'm going to give even more attention to the inward voice in the word of God. And not because I want to fulfill some religious obligation, but because I don't want to miss. I don't want to miss the message. I don't want to miss the instruction.